0: How are you guys doing tonight? I'm pretty excited. You guys aren't even excited to be here. Come on! Get out of here with that nonsense. That was weak. Oh, my goodness. Uh, sorry I had to t on you guys. I didn't want to block the movie. Uh, so I was kneeling in front here, no problem. I'm going to talk, like you said, about a little bit about my calling, but there's some specific notes that I was required to include in this. So... <laughs> We're going to go there. Um, no, tonight, last week we talked about how God sent his son to die for you to save you. God loved the idea of you so much that he was willing to die for you before he even created you. That's the reality. That's what we talked about last week. So all of you should be saved if you were here last week. should have answered that call. Now we're going to the next call. Okay. So have you ever held on to something a little bit longer than you should have? Anybody? Anybody? Some balding men may come to mind of other people too. I think we have some photos of that. Ooh, yikes. Anybody got another one? (laughs) Rocking the long hair but with the bald middle. That's, That's pretty nice. I can't really tell the detail on that one, but it's awful, I promise. I Googled them. It's it is combed from the back. It does come all the way from back here, to and then and trimmed to have bangs. That's pretty awesome. We got one more, I think, two more. All right, that one's pretty bad. There we go. The mustache going in. That's pretty sweet. I mean, if I could grow a mustache, I would probably do that. That's yeah, you should. And our last one. Oh, somebody who held on too long. <laughs> No, I just had to mess up with Pastor Jeremy because he did finally decide to shave his head bald and then he let it grow out again. So now it looks crazy again, but I did want to, I did want to mess with Pastor Jeremy today. So we've all held on to something a little bit too long, whether it be a relationship or something like that, but we do that with God too. We hold on to things other than God too long when he's just asking us to let it go, whether it be a relationship a hobby, finance, addiction, talents, anxiety, depression. He's asked you to let those things go and answer the call, but you're not willing to do that. So many people are holding on so tightly that they're living a life that they're not even meant to live. They're walking down the path thinking that they're going in the right direction, but they're holding on to something so tight that it's pulling them that way. I hope none of you're doing that. You're clinging on to the mundane without while abandoning your mission. We're going to be in Mark chapter 1 tonight, verse 15 through 20. I tacked on a verse and they didn't know that, so there's only going to be 16 through 20 on there. I read out of the New Living Translation. So I'm going to do that. All right. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. This is Jesus talking. And it's going to seem a little bit separated here because the first verse is Jesus preaching and then he's going to go into calling some disciples here. So he announced, the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once and they followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. So we're going to talk about three things that the disciples had to let go of, those specifically called here. But there are things that you also need to let go of. The first one is pride. We see that in verse 15. They let go of their pride and listen to the message. You're all here, so you're at least doing that part. You're listening, but are you responding to that message? Are you letting go of your pride and letting go of some of that that angst to repent and actually believe in what we talk about every Wednesday? Are you letting go of the fact that you believe that you know good enough or that your parents know good enough? Or are you going to believe in an all-knowing, all-powerful God that sent His Son to die for you? you got to let go. They let go of control. We see that in verse 19 and 20. They left a family business. That was financial security. They were the sons of fishermen. And fishermen was not a bad job back then. I know you think you know what what's the one in alaska the the no the dangerous catch deadliest catch sorry i don't watch a lot of tv i apologize i know you can't tell by my figure that i don't do that but anyway um so deadliest catch it's not like that where we think oh that's a dirty job job for convicts this was a middle class working job right they <laughs> why are you laughing? They are convicts. Have you seen that show? I watched it one time. They're all convicted murderers, 100%. Sorry if your family's on the show, but they are murderers. So that was control. That was control of their future. They knew exactly what they had to do every day. They woke up, they got the nets, they got in the boat, they were ready to go. They went fishing and they knew what to do exactly when they got out of the water. Security and control. They had control over their day. They didn't control over what they caught, but they had control of every minutia of the day. You got to let that go. You got to let it go. They had employees that worked for them. They were doing well financially, and they dropped those nets. And they said, sure, I'll do that. I'll follow you because I believe in what you said. That's crazy to me. Crazy to say... I've got this job that I can retire from. Just think about it in our terms. You've had a union job for the last 20 years. In 10 years, you're going to retire and you're going to be fine. And God says, do something else. Come and follow me. You drop your wrench. You walk away. Think about that. They literally walked away from financial security for the rest of their life to follow him for three years. That's crazy. They let go of comfort. We see that in 16 through 18. That control of their finances also went into comfort. I mean, think about it. <clears throat> Your normal routine. They left what they were good at. The only job that they probably ever had. I mean, their dad were fishermen, so they they did that every day. Can you let go of comfort and follow Jesus? Follow the call that he's asked you to answer. It's hard. I'll give you that. It's very difficult. And it's not comfortable. It's not. I mean, a part of my story kind of goes into that. And we'll talk about that. The, The idea is, though, that God designed you to live life to the fullest. He didn't design you to survive. He designed you to thrive. Not to do the same crap every day. He didn't. He didn't design you that way. He designed you with a specific purpose in mind that you can accomplish for his kingdom. That's the fact. And it may not be glorious in your mind, but it doesn't matter. You don't have to be Billy Graham to be a follower of Jesus. When's the last time you talk to your friend about Jesus? We'll start there. Crickets. Exactly. So it was never God's intention for you to receive some of what he has for you. He wants to give it all to you, but you have to be willing to receive it and let go of all the crap you're holding on to. That's the reality. Oh boy, I'm preaching. To get all that God has for you you have to, to hold on to that. You have to let go of what you're already holding on to. I felt called into ministry at 16. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know if that meant, hey, I'm going to be super involved in my local church, and it's going to be fine and dandy. I didn't know if that meant I was going to pack up and be a missionary somewhere. I didn't know. And I'm kind of weird when I don't know the next step. I just do nothing. Or I turn and walk the other way because it's terrifying. I didn't want to pack up my stuff and go to another country. I don't want to pack up my stuff and move to another city. To be honest, I knew the plan I had: the American dream. I'm gonna go to college. I'm gonna get a degree. I'm gonna get a good job. I'm gonna find a wife. I'm gonna have kids. I'm gonna buy a house. Boom, boom, boom. I had it all figured out. It was gonna be fantastic. And the parts that worked out are fantastic. But God had a little bit different plan for me. So at 16, I I started walking the other way. I mean, for those of you that I've shared a little bit with, my mom was my youth pastor. So if you think you have it hard here, think again. Because every trip, every convention, every everything, she was there. My dad was there. It was fantastic, not at all. But I had this calling on my life, and I was running away. The later part of high school, I did whatever I wanted, because I could, because I felt like it, probably the same way some of you feel here tonight, because you've done the church thing every week, been here every week for the last 16, 17 years, and you're like, I'm done with it. I want to be my own person. You can be your own person, but you have to be the person God wants you to be. You can have a personality. There's not another one of me, I guarantee you that. I'm a little bit crazy and a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. (laughs) But you have to let go of that stuff. I finally did. It's Megan's fault. She made me come back to Jesus. Silly girl. Um, No, we we were married and we had our first kid. And and I was looking around and I'm like, we're in a one bedroom apartment with a baby. That nursery was in the dining room because that's all we could do. And I'm looking around and I'm like, there's got to be a better way. I figured this out, but there's got to be a better way. And I looked at her, and I said, we need to start going back to church. We have to. I want that child to live with the same morals that I've been instilled with. But more than that, we need to be involved. We need people in our lives that will build us up. And so a little bit reluctantly, she followed me to a Pentecostal church, and that's a story for another time because she did not grow up this way. (laughs) But she followed me and she said, if we're going to do this, we need to be faithful. We have to be here all the time. We can't just pop in a week and be gone two weeks. We have to be here. And so I, I agreed to that. And then I started getting involved. You know, I started with youth. I'm doing offering, involved in the men's ministry, started the young adults. And I'm like... Hey, I remember I was called into the ministry, and I'm doing it. I'm in the ministry. Look at me. I did it all. Everything you asked me to do, God, I'm here. I'm in church every Sunday. I'm in church every Wednesday. I'm in ministry. I'm doing it. And then God said, no, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. That's not what I told you to do with your life. I want you to be in full-time ministry. I want you to be speaking into the lives of people on a daily basis. And that's terrifying. It is. Every time I got comfortable in a job, every time we decided we were going to buy a house, I lost it. I lost that job for one reason or another. It was terrifying. And I finally let go and let God, and I found a, to be honest, it's a cake job. I haven't worked more than 30 hours a week since I've been there and i enrolled in bible classes and and i'm doing things that i have to do and i let go of all of my control and finally said if that's what you want me to do god i'll take the first step and he's going to do the rest if you do your best god will do the rest but i'm not going to say it's not scary i'm not going to say it's not stressful I'm a little bit of a type A personality when it comes to my life. I like to know what we're doing next and why. And God doesn't always work like that. But there are some of you in this room that have been called to ministry. And you didn't know what that meant for you. And it may not be full-time ministry. But that doesn't matter. You need to take those steps necessary to answer that call. The fear that you have is natural, but you have to let go of it. Otherwise, you'll be like me a decade down the road. I could have been doing stuff for God a long time ago. And I finally, I'm hard-headed enough, I finally let go. And who knows what I could have done with that decade. All of this is thoroughly demonstrated in the disciples. You see it. I mean, I let go of all my stuff. And it it took a long time, but they did it instantly. Their nets represented a life that they weren't created to live. I wasn't created to be a manager of some corporation for the rest of my life. just not what I was meant to do. But I was holding on to that. The Nets represented a life that they just wanted to do their own way. And I can respect the fact that you want to do it your own way. You're in that stage of life where you're forging your own way. But you're going to fall and you're going to make mistakes because you're 17 and 18 and I hate to break it to you, but you're stupid. (laughs) And we all were when we were 17 and 18. If you just ask God... For the next thing. And even if he doesn't give it to you, do what's in front of you and do it well. That's all he could ever ask of you. Whatever situation you're in, to answer that call, especially if you've been called into ministry, take those little steps to get more comfortable sharing the gospel with people. But if you're not called to the ministry, it doesn't matter. He's called you to do something. And he didn't call you not to be a Christian when you're doing it. Their nets represented a life of least resistance. Later, Jesus would tell them to pick up their cross and follow him. How are you going to pick up Jesus' cross and follow him if you still have a hold of that net? It's impossible. God has called us to a life of glorious adventure. Not what, maybe not what you think of as adventure, but it's going to be a fun ride, I guarantee it. An opportunity to reach and serve others on a daily basis. An opportunity to be truly a part of something that's bigger than yourself. Because I hate to break it to you, if you have a little bit of pride built up already, God is bigger than you or anything you could ever do by yourself. God has places for us to go and things for us to do. You have to let go, whatever that means for you. For me, it was pride and control and comfort and drugs at one point. It was alcohol for sure. I mean, it was everything that I wanted to do. I had to let it all go. As we go into fam time, think about it. What do you need to let go? What pride are you holding on to? What control are you holding on to? What comfort are you holding on to? And are you really ready to let it go? To fulfill the plan that God has for your life. Thanks, guys.
1: But tonight's message was all about your calling. And how many of you guys in here, you would say, I would like to know God's calling for my life? Anybody? I I would think, I think a lot of us would like to know that. Um, how, how many of you guys in this room, listen, listen, how many of you guys in this room do know God's calling, God's plan for your life? Yeah, not a lot of hands up that time. I th- and we're all seeking and we're all wondering and we're all wanting to know this and we're all desiring to know God's plan for your life. And and here's, here's what I can tell you tonight. I can tell you what that is. Every single one of you, I can tell you what that is. And I'm not like trying to trick you or trying to, uh do something weird here, but here let me tell you this um, your purpose is this and and i obviously there there's more to it than this uh, but in ephesians four twenty two to twenty four it says this: you were all taught with regard for your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. How I many of you guys would say there's some deceitful desires that are going on in your life? Yeah, I mean, the enemy is always trying to tempt us. He's always after us. He's saying they're, they're you, to put off those deceitful desires, those sins in your lives. And then he says to be made new in the attitudes of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Basically, what I'm saying tonight is that really, if you want to discover your calling, if you want to know God's plan for your life, if you're, if you're just like waiting and you're like, hey, I don't know what to do with my life, God, and like you're just in this wondering phase and you're like, I have no idea what, what plans are, what I want to do, like what my calling is, I can tell you what it is. Your goal, your plan, and, and how to discover that for your life is to get as close as you can to Jesus. And I guarantee you this, as you begin to get closer and closer and closer to Jesus, whether that be by prayer, by worship, by reading his word, by coming to church and hearing messages and letting it change your life by doing things that God is calling you to do or, or doing things that you know you should be doing. God will begin to reveal those things to you to, in, in your life. He'll begin to reveal his calling and reveal his plan to your life. And I'm not saying every single person in this room, because I think a lot of times, especially from pastors, we talk about a calling into ministry. Well, I, my brother, he, uh, he works for cancer treatment centers in Tulsa, and, and I, he actually had cancer when he was in high school. And, um, but he works for cancer treatment centers in, in, in Tulsa, and he's not called to do this, to be a pastor but he he does have a calling on his life, and he does have a plan on his life, and he has the ability when he is there in in the in the room working with people. Obviously, he can't say it out loud, but he can. He has the opportunity to lay his hands on people and pray for them that they'd be healed. That's his calling. My dad, my dad uh, was a pastor for many many years, and and uh, for a long time, and and he he. Uh, well, there was a time in his life where he was no longer a pastor. And I can tell you this, like, he, he felt like he was failing because he was no longer a, the, had the title pastor. And my dad right now, he, this year, he'll be 80 years old, which is like dinosaur. Like, I'm the youngest of six kids. And, um, and so anyways, he, he's 80 years old, and he's still, he's a security guard for a, an AT&T building in Tulsa somewhere. And, and he was talking to me one day, and he said, Jeremy, you know what? He said, I, I've, I've felt lost for a long time. I felt like I lost my calling. I felt like I've messed up. I felt like I'm not doing what God's called me to do. But he said, then one day, I had a realization. He said, I may not be a pastor in a church, but he said, I'm AT&T pastor. He said, no joke, no joke. He said, there is thousands of people who walk into this building every day, and he said, I get to have contact with these thousands of people every single day. And he said, I can speak life into them. I can speak hope into them. I can speak joy into their lives. And he said, I have an opportunity every single day. There's people that he sees all, there's people been who, who have invited him to their weddings. There's people who have, who have invited him into their life just because he's doing and being the person that God called him to be. It may not be a pastor in a church, it's a person working in a regular field, but still there's a calling and there's a plan. And the calling and the plan for us is to get as close as we can to Jesus. And he'll begin to reveal that for your life. I think there's a lot of us in here who are like, I need to know that. I need to know God's plan. Like, I got to know exactly like what Rex was talking about earlier. Like, I got to know. Did you tell me the steps? But here's what God's telling you tonight. He's saying, here's, here's what you need to do. You come come and take a step after me. And he said, I'll take a step towards you. He says, you take a step to me, and I'll take a step to you. And you'll get closer and closer and closer to God. And as you do that, as you draw closer to him, he says in his word that he'll come closer and closer and closer to us. And he'll begin to reveal things to us. And he'll begin to tell us that next step to take and that next step to take. He may not reveal this great grand vision and this grand plan for your life. But he'll say, Here's the next step, and here's the next step, and here's what you do next, and here's what you do next. I don't know about you, but like, I, I feel like being a follower of Jesus and following his calling, for me, it's the greatest adventure I've ever had in my life. And I like adventure, I like to do fun things, and I like to go places and do things, but it, this is greater than any trip I've ever taken. Is greater than anything I've ever done and anywhere I've ever gone. Being a follower of Jesus and doing what he's called me to do is the greatest adventure. He's opened doors for me. He's taken me to places that I never dreamed of going. He's given me opportunities I never dreamed of having because I followed him. I want everybody to just close your eyes for a moment.